What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast. Jordan here, um, your host, and we are powered by Onyx Hunt Maps. Today, I have my buddy Trent Fisher with Born and Raised on, and we're just gonna we're just gonna BS, shoot the breeze, man. It's good to be here. Definitely good to be here. It's good to talk to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we hung out really for the first time, like outside of just saying hi at shows. Uh, we hung out at the Hunter Games, which was a Sig Sour event this year. And uh, that was that was a blast. It was it fun was to awesome. be able to catch up. Yeah, I've, I've I've heard about you through a bunch of people in the industry, and and I've never got the chance to meet you. And so it was really cool in person to actually get to meet you. And and we did have a chance to hang out for a little bit in the evenings and, and talk some fireside talk. And it was oh man, that was such a such a fun time. It was fun. Yeah, that that was an awesome event. So you guys are running. I don't want to harp too much on it but we're you know the gear podcast uh you guys are running sig optics and rifles like that new cross now do you want to can you talk about that cross at all i think it's super unique and like i just got off the sheep hunt and all the guides that i talked to about it are like i really like that thing yeah so yeah super versatile gun it's uh it's a great gun and we've worked with sig to come out with our own it'll be actually out prototyping and um, available soon actually for buying so our own prototype gun and um, it's going to be we're going to show up this this year we've already showed it some in our in our earlier bear stuff so and it's just a little different so it's it's the SIG comes standard with an 18 inch barrel on it which makes this makes the cross actually so much more versatile especially with that folding stock so and probably as you have seen on your sheep hunt and that's just a whole different story to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, you could fit it in your pack so much easier, I'm assuming, um, that you guys had kind of a sort of the same thing too, as far as it's so nice to just stuff it in your pack and it kind of, it folds away It's and it's lightweight. And um, anyway, it, it's it's super versatile gun. And then you top that with where you can use it like a BDX system or, you know, however you top your gun with scope wise. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a killing, killing machine. Yeah, it's awesome. And I've, I've gotten a few questions of people I know asking about like the different barrel selections that will be available, well, different caliber selections that will be available. And, uh, I know that that's coming. I'm not sure like timeline on that. This stuff seems to change a lot, just as we were talking about earlier, things are, things just, change you know they try something that doesn't quite work out or it's not up to their standard so things get swapped around a little bit but the cool thing about this system is it is a one-piece receiver and the barrels that you get will be head spaced so you can literally change you know a 6.5 creedmoor to a 308 in 20 minutes it's not even that i got yeah. yeah once you get to do it pretty fast you can change it in about 10 minutes you know by and and that's with all the torque specs and everything that you you know get that you need to properly change it so i my guns were first off in the 277 fury which is the new round that sig came out with well all their bullets were going to military so we couldn't really, I mean, we could not hardly get a piece of ammo for it. And so they said, well, just here. And they just sent me barrels and it was pretty awesome. They taught me how to change it actually over like a Zoom call. And uh, I looked up some stuff on the internet too, as well on some yeah. YouTube stuff, but it was super easy and twisted the barrel off, put on a, at that time I put on a 308 barrel. And so went with that for a while because there was actual ammo. We had ammo in 308. And then after that, uh, they sent me 
uh, 6.5 Creed barrels. And I twisted those off and put those, those on. So it was, it's so, it's so cool how you can just do that. And the, and the mags, you know, the magazines, they all, they all take all three different shells as well. So it's like, you can, you can do pretty much a lot of things with them. Yeah. Extremely versatile. That's what I really try to, to, you know, I guess talk to people about or hit home with is yeah. uh, how versatile they are, especially with being able to change out those barrels. Yeah. And that's what we're using. A, we're using a 24 inch barrel instead of the 18. So just a little bit more muzzle velocity out of that. And so, um, and it seemed to be performing really well with the six, five and the three Oh eight as well. So it, it's, it's doing really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So last year, was that, uh, land of the free 2.0? Oh boy. How many pointos do we got? <laughs> I'm not sure. They all blend in. I think it was three. I think it's our, I think it's our third season of the land of the free. I think this is going to be our fourth, I believe. Fourth season. That's yeah. awesome. So what do you got? What do you have coming down the pipe? Is there a ton of stuff? There is it, the really cool thing about this year here is we we cashed our eggs all in we we went in i think we burned points wise so the way oregon works is every year you apply you get a point we're on a point system basis and i think to get our tags this year we cashed in i think i added it up somewhere around 64 years of points to, to get the tags that we drew this year so but we have some really good uh i have a, actually a really good rifle tag this year for oregon and then we have two um of some of the two of the best units in the in the state for bow tags too steve uh, has one and cody has one as well so it's gonna be an exciting year and we're starting out in oregon and i think um i don't think we plan on going anywhere else but our home state which hasn't been we haven't done that in the last quite a few years so it's gonna be really cool being just in our own state close to home not as much travel and um and see if we can't really get some really good, good out footage. That is awesome. I'm surprised you guys can uh, fill up a whole season in Oregon. There's yeah, a pile of you, I guess. I think we're going to be selective. So I've got two, two, uh, two other general hunts um, that we're going to start with kind of Roosevelt country hunting. And then, and then we're going to bounce over and then really be more selective over in um over in the eastern side of the state, over in the Rocky Mountain side of the side of the state. So, and then, like I said, then my rifle tag that'll that'll be late October is when that starts. Nice. And so, I'm I'm excited for that too. So, yeah, that's gonna be a blast. Uh, how's your fires looking? So, as of yesterday, they just opened up Eastern Oregon. So, there's been quite a bit of rain, I guess, over there on that side. Um, just in the last few days, they got over an inch of rain. So they opened that all up. So that, thank God that we can go over there and actual hunt because it has been closed down. So we were wondering what we're going to do. And, um, yeah, it's been rough. So, but like it is right here where I live right now on the coast, it's, uh, it's closed down around where I'm at. Certain lands are all closed. So we're going to have to be real selective on where we go um for opening for this for this opening weekend and stuff but um hopefully hopefully i've been doing rain dances almost daily 
and hopefully that pans yeah. out and we get some weather and uh, they, they lighten up restrictions. A lot of times right there in that, you know, somewhere in September, it gets, uh, it gets a pretty good little downpour. So that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Is it just, I mean, everywhere across the West is pretty dry. Or is it just super dry there this year? It's super dry. We haven't had rain in a long time. We're on a record uh, drought right now. So it's just, uh, everything's about, it's not awesome, but um yeah, it's just being careful. And then there's, you know, there's not huge fires going right now, but there's a lot of little ones that are going. So, and that just makes them kind of really, really antsy not to, not to open it. Yeah. I was supposed to film a hunt in Eastern Washington. Um, that was a really hard to draw tag. And it sounds like that unit, is, we can't film it. It's been closed, pretty much been closed down. He's like, even if they open it, like, something like 80% of the timber has been burned. Oh, really? So, so it already burned. Yeah. Yeah. It already burnt and it sounds like it's still going. And he's like, even if they get it under control and they decide to open, or, you know, they get the fire under control, he's like, they'll still probably keep it closed because all the, they don't want people in there, all that timber, like they're afraid a tree's going to fall on you. So, yeah. And that's what I've seen in the past, like Colorado and stuff like that. And that's, I think it's a good thing for people to kind of be aware of because a lot of people are doing the backcountry style of hunt, you know, now um, it's not only forest fire, but like old forest fires and beetle kill as well. Like you get those first storms come through in September and a lot of those trees will be falling. I've, we've heard numerous times trees fall around us. And so that's a big tip for everybody. When you're setting your tent, you're in the back country, look up, see what's around you because those storms come in so fast and at night it can be pretty scary. That is scary. Yeah. Widowmaker yeah. will get you. It's not a good, it's not a not good a, situation. Not a good scene. No, no, no. no. Speaking of uh, like back country or backpack hunting, how are you guys planning to hunt this year? You're going to be able to do a lot of bike stuff. I always remember the first time I started watching you guys, you were, on bike um on bikes there is definitely a chance this year that we might be able to implement the bike scene so there's some stuff that is walking only around us right now that we might be doing the bike scene so out of the gates that might happen which is kind of fun to get back to the old days you know when we had the kid carts and the, and the bicycles yes. and the breakdowns and stuff it would be <laughs> kind of fun to get back into that but um but yeah, it's maybe some bikes and then a lot of it from what we're looking at, I mean, there might be some overnight stuff, maybe some two day stuff, but like in the past, we'd go for, you know, three to seven days, a lot of times uh, on a hunt on, and I just don't see that happening just with where we're drawn this year and what we have as far as for roads access and terrain, um, a lot of day hunting. I think it's going to be a little different, I think, feel to it this year than, than the normal, just take off hiking and see where we end up. And, and, um, so we'll see, it's going to be interesting as far as that goes, but I think it's going to be a lot of day hunting and, which is kind of cool because, you know, your food selection can be totally different. Way can, better. <laughs> Ribeyes uh, sounds pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's easier to stay like mentally in the game when you have a nice camp. Or if you do just like, you know, one to two day, like one to two nights, and then you get to come back to a nice camp. It's it's hard to stay in the game if you're in there for a week, just backpacking food and a tiny tent. You really have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mind frame at that point. It's just 
some of them back when we used to really, really hit it super hard. Like that one bull that Ty killed, he killed it at like almost 12 miles in. And Ooh. it was, oh, it was so miserable. And it was like <laughs> 10,500 feet, you know, elevation that we were, it was just, yeah. And then it snowed 22 inches that night before. So we had to hike out in the snow, in the, it was, it was terrible. I'm not going to lie to you. It was just like, you know, it was memorable. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, there's got to be, I think Dirk said at one time, there's got to be easier ways to kill elk. There's got to be. Got to be a better way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Dude, that's awesome. That's going to be fun to see uh, how that shakes out. When will you start putting those videos out? So our plan is to film, uh, we'll, we'll start actually obviously the opening day and then film all the way through season. Then our launch date, we're looking for somewhere, we're going to try to turn and burn on this thing. So we get back uh, 1st of October around there and we're going to try to start putting videos out somewhere around the um, the end of October, maybe 1st of November, somewhere in there is our is our launch date that we're, that we're planning on right now. So awesome. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a great season. Is what we're hoping for, definitely. Yeah, yep. It's uh, shaping up to be a good one. I uh, kicked mine off. Pretty. I was decent. gonna say, what do you have other than what you've already done? You're already, you're already well underway. Oh man, yeah, already uh, twelve nights in the backcountry. It's only, it's only, it's not even September yet. Um, yeah. So I've got just finished this doll hunt. I'm filming a bighorn hunt in um in wyoming this year for a governor tag holder so i'll do that the first week of september and then this is so fun the rest of my september is dang near mine at least the 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 couple weeks after that the next two and a half weeks so i'll be able to go up and i've been scouting some mule deer in the high country and then i'll have an elk tag in that same unit as well so i can state-wise uh, Idaho. Do you have any like Wyoming tags uh, I, or anything like that? <clears throat> I don't. I just bought points. Okay. You know, I was a lot of it. Some of it was this Washington hunt. A lot of it, man, filming and stuff. You never know when you're going to get the chance to go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my September is going to be so full. So I didn't even try to put in for Wyoming. I just bought points. But next year, it's I'm planning no that stuff in. It's yeah. go time. Yeah. yeah. And especially when that's your bread and butter too, as far as yeah. the filming wise, you got to You got to get those things done. Right. Yeah, exactly. You got to That's the thing about, you know, filming hunts and then actually hunting yourself is there's just not enough months in the, in the fall to be able to do, to do all yeah. of it, at least the way you want to. So just trying to split it up as most, as much as I can. Last year, I didn't have a single Western tag. Um, just cause it was like, I was just back to back to back with films and I'm like, I don't want to, don't want to try to, you know, kill myself or yep. burn, burn points, trying to go hunt a tag for two days or something like that. So I, last year I didn't even have an elk tag. So I just, honestly, myself, I just helped people all season long. I didn't even have a, uh, paperwork in my pocket. So 
I know yeah, how that feels. And, I know how that feels. Yeah. And it's fun, you know, Trent, but uh, it's pretty awesome to have tag in your pocket. It's not terrible having meat for the whole year. It's not no. bad. <laughs> no. I got a couple questions for you, if that's cool yeah. with you. you um, I don't want to give too much away on the sheep hunt as far as like go into it in super detail, but at some point I'd love to actually go into it super detail with yeah. you. And maybe that might be on our podcast or something That'd be awesome. um, down the road. But uh, so you're a sheep hunter now big time sheep hunter what like the difference as far as what are we talking as far as like so i hear about all this like once you're a sheep person it's like it changes you is this true is is do you want to do you want to go back every single year now give me the give me the down low on that oh yeah it it definitely changes you so a little bit of like my just sheep background before this this was actually the 14th sheep hunt that I've been a part of. Um, but as but far the first as one you, I've ever had a tag for. Yeah. I was going to say, as yeah. far as you shooting it, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So I've been able to be around the sheep hunting scene a little bit. And when I first got into his course through the filming stuff, I was like, these things, why are we, why are we doing this? Like sheep yeah. don't really excite me type of deal, man. After like the first one, I was hooked really and yeah it does i don't really know i think it's like you know this home we went on we were in the tent for so we had two good days of like the actual hunting days we had Out two good days nine yeah i'm trying Somewhere to there? think yeah we had so opening day was a 10th that was a good day and i killed that sheep on the 18th and that was a good day all the days in between dude rainy for at least half the day yeah terrible like we were in the tent there was two days we were in the tent all day and and that is just not very much fun and we're talking visibility of what zero yards yeah yeah i mean pretty much with that yeah no no and then you know like it snowed on us the the last time we were in the we had to stay in all day we were we got snowed on and it's like all that country is rock like it's a giant mountain with made up of tiny little rocks or smaller rocks so you're basically like you're just going across boulder fields everywhere you go there's no you know the only grass like really grassy stuff is in the saddles maybe a little bit right on top like in some benches but it's just so hard to travel it's like you don't want to travel in that anyway like we travel a little bit in the snow and the slickness but i wouldn't want to do that every day that sounds awful and then if you can't see i mean and then too, yeah you you're kind of pissing see. in the wind at that point right? <laughs> yeah oh yeah and then it's yeah. and then it's the possible injury correct i mean you start going in that slick stuff and then someone sprains an ankle or something the hunt is over right man that's a for real a very for real thing too so when when we were up top and it started snowing and we were in some really bad winds and we were kind of in a bad spot, I had a slight panic moment with myself in my tent. And I was like, okay, normally you could just walk out. Like if something happened or the weather was this bad, um, you could walk out. You could just walk to the truck, seven miles, 10 miles, whatever. You walk back to your pickup Yeah. there. I asked the guide, I was like, if we wanted to walk out, like, where would we go? He said, well, there's a native village 60 miles from here. <laughs> and I would, ra- I would rather crash there than land there. <laughs> and I would rather crash there than land there. Than land there. Yeah. They, um, 
not a fan not, of us. Not real welcome. No, me. not welcomed. Wow. So yeah, not real welcomed. So that puts it um, that puts it in perspective. Dude, 60 miles. Like yeah. if you wanted to walk out, where are you gonna go? Like go to a river, I guess, and just hang out below the clouds. Live off the land. Yeah. And then it's like you're in such bad weather, you're not going anywhere. Like, even if you were to walk out to the airstrip, they can't come get you. There's so there's definitely a level of that that's like so okay, okay so now we're getting into it without getting into it um so like the weather wise it was like good two good days of actual hunting but the day that they were supposed to pick you up it was actually a good day too it was beautiful yeah okay yeah it was beautiful i told them it was like you know when the kids are being bad and the dad comes in like that's pretty much that's pretty much what it was like like as soon as the pilot dropped us off it got bad and then as soon as he came in to pick us up it was nice again but yeah like so back to like the actual sheep thing and like just it being different and i don't think this necessarily makes it like different than an elk hunt with like the same circumstances but it just seems like a lot of the sheep hunts are like this you know we went through what i consider we went through some hell like yeah sure, to get there sure. and we when we so when we found the sheep like we ended up finding him at like in the afternoon and he was in a completely different drainage. So we had to like go down and go through the brush line and deal with all that and then climb back out of it. We left at five o'clock at night and then we got, we were a thousand yards from the sheep at one o'clock in the morning and we couldn't quite see, like, it doesn't really get, it's always like a twilighty type. Yeah. Feel. Explain that because dark. I've been to Alaska a couple of few different times and, and it's yeah. In the summertime, it's really weird. So explain like the daylight side of things. It's light all the time. And it really messes you up. Like as far as your hunting goes, they, I heard guides before I went talking about like, you got to choose whether you're going to hunt like in the evenings in like through the night and early morning or whether you're going to hunt like during the daytime because you got you have it's to crazy. sleep so you have to pick yeah. one or the other and like we had the we had the deal where we didn't really have we didn't really have the option we just had to lay there but um it did get pretty dark like 11 o'clock was pretty dark and then like 11 11 30 was pretty dark and then four o'clock in the morning you could probably shoot so, so you've got a, about a yeah, so a four, four or five hour window there that it's kind of dusky. So legality wise, is it legal to shoot anytime? It's legal to shoot anytime. Okay. Yep. So you but, I mean, if you could see it at a certain range, you could still shoot it. You could still shoot it if you wanted to, yep. Wow. Isn't that that's yep. crazy? It is it's really crazy. That's crazy. That's yep. actually pretty cool though. But no, it's I different. Yeah, as far as like the sheep and getting back a little bit, I guess, to the side of what makes it so nostalgic for hunting. Do you think it's has the part of, I mean, what you're mid August, right? And yeah. it's already dumping all these conditions on you. Do you think it's like the respect a little bit for the animal as far as they have the next whole winter to go and live through all that and you're trying to hunt them, you know, not at the best. I mean, it, it's not, you know, it doesn't get much sun up there as far as that goes, as far as summer, if you, you know, quote unquote, but is that kind of this nostalgic part of it a little bit as far as like you're in their element at a pretty decent time and it's still so hard? 
Yeah, it definitely does. They're like, they don't move from that mountain. Like they stay on top because the wind like sweeps the ridges, you know, similar to here in like bull elk staying high, um, sweeps the ridges and that's where they get their food from. Like they don't have, there's no migration. There's nowhere to go. Like they stay there. And that was like a freak storm in August. Our guide is, he said he's, you know, he's been through some storms, but before this, he said he spent two days in a tent on a sheep hunt. Not all of them. And oh, two days. That's it. He, yeah. That's before oh. this hunt. That's all he's had to do. So this was like, I know a lot of people just had a really tough time. Like if they didn't kill on the first day, like they were either killing on the last day or they're going home without a sheep type <clears> of deal. <throat> and on that, on those dates, you mean? On those dates this year. Yeah. Gotcha. Those dates gotcha. this year were just really rough in the brooks. So we, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, we just, uh, yeah, I think just like the whole hunt, especially after you shoot him and it's like bottom of the ninth, like crunch time. Mm-hmm. And you just, I don't know, you're with these guys. You know, I had to, Jonah Bell was my camera guy and he went with me step for step. That was like his first big mountain hunt. And he got thrown right into the middle of it. That's awesome. He, he did awesome. And um, then I had a packer and then the guide, you know, and us four, like that was our sheep, you know, I pulled the trigger on it, but everybody right. went step for step with me. So that's it, so cool. There's like a certain amount of teamwork and like effort that goes into those sheep hunts that just like, it's not like any other thing that I've hunted. Cause I, I, I totally, I can, I can feel exactly how you're, how you're saying as far as like, cause our elk hunts, you know, we usually have a, a shooter, a cameraman, a caller, possibly two callers or two shooters at the same time. And, and you're working your butt off to try to get one elk. And then it's, I know exactly what you're saying. It's not your elk. It's everybody got that elk. Everybody had to work as a team to make that happen. And, and I'm sure it's the same kind of way. Uh, maybe a little more difficult in the sheep world, but yeah, I know exactly, exactly what you're saying. What, um, the other question I had, I guess we're just, we're diving into this. We're going, we're going deep here. Um, the other question I have is the sheep, when you get to it, how big are they? Like, what are we talking for weight? What do we have to take? Do you, like, I know moose in Alaska, you have to take like everything, like bones, the whole works and stuff like that. What's the sheep require? So as far as I can understand on a sheep, you do not, you can debone it on mm-hmm. a sheep, but you okay. have to take the ribs. Okay. Um, we took it bone in. We took everything bone in. And oh, you did. Took it all like that. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, um, we are didn't they big? bone out anything. Are they big They're animals? mule deer sized. A oh, big okay. mule deer. Big. I would say like a big, big mule deer buck. Like, I don't know. One was that they're, like one one eighty? Yeah, I would say they're that big, huh? Yeah, yeah, wow. they're, okay. they're that big. They they figured you know like sixty pounds of meat is what you get off them, so that's about that's decent, right? Yep. On par yep. for a mule deer. That's so. Fair. Yep. So we we took him, and I'm doing a full body. So oh boy, you are. Aren't we you? did. It. Oh, you betcha. You're gonna take a loan uh, out for that. Yeah, pretty much have to. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, don't know if I'm going to yeah. get to do this again. Like, I don't know if I can do a doll sheep justice as a shoulder mount. So, yeah, I would totally agree. If you're going to go go big with that one, that's full yeah. scent. Full scent. <laughs> full scent. Oh, man. It's so awesome that you guys had such a good time. And um, 
Yeah, you were shooting uh, SIG as well, correct? I was, yep. I had the cross. I shot a Whiskey 5 scope nice. on top of that, so I dialed, and I carried the Kilo 3000 rangefinding binoculars. Gotcha. What made you go with uh, Whiskey 5 rather than a BDX system? You know, I think a lot of it was just is kind of personal preference. Like, I like to dial. Mm-hmm. I'm just a yep. dialer. Yeah, I like yeah. to dial, and then um, – I didn't know like how cold it was going to be and like batteries and stuff like that. I've never really had an issue with BDX really haven't Um, personally with any of that stuff, like the battery running down or whatever. Um, But I don't know. I think that was just, that was kind of a personal, that was kind of a personal preference thing for me is I just like to dial. Yeah. I'm with you on that one too. We, we, because in Oregon, it's not legal. So. Oh yeah. The BDX isn't legal in Oregon. So we're, always constantly dialing and so yeah it's um something that we've always done too and it just feels like if you're not dialing it just feels weird a little bit it does yeah yep it does so i just wanted to keep it like as simple as i can with how wet it can be and and all that up there and just have a mechanical system yeah that's a good call that's a good call um Oh man, I have like thousands of questions for you as far as just the, <laughs> that side of things. I don't know how deep down this we want to go, but oh man, I'm just so glad that you had such a good time and and were successful. Uh, can we say how big it? Do you, do we score it? Do we? How does this work? Honestly, uh, we didn't. So it's still it's still at the lodge. They have to like they have to take it into town and plug it. And oh, then, gotcha. Yeah, so you, they'll, didn't, you didn't turn, bring it home with you? No, I didn't get to bring it home with me. So I brought the cape home with me. Okay. Um, okay. So that's that's in the freezer. Um, and then I brought like as much meat home with me as would fit in the box with the cape. And then um, I donated the rest of the meat just back to that that outfit. They eat okay. the heck out of it. Cool. Um, and there wasn't, you know, like 60 pounds early wasn't that much. I probably bought, brought half of it back with me. Yeah, um, it goes fast. It's it really does. It does, it's and then you eat it on the you eat some of it on the mountain too. Oh, did you guys have some? Did you guys have? You got to have that first meal, right? Yeah, yeah, we did a little bit. We we after we got back to the airstrip, we cut some backstrap up and chunked it, and unfortunately, we could only put it in, into the jet boil um, to boil it. But it was still <laughs> it was still pretty cool. Was it good? Did uh, so when you get up to them, does it smell like a sheep? I mean, you know how some sheep, I don't know, they have that certain smell to them. How is it? Give me the, give me the down low on that. Yeah. It's like, it's not the same as deer for sure. It's got its own smell. Okay. Um, I thought it was like the same smell as all the sheep that I've been around. Um, but as far as like, you know, mutton sheep, just like domestic sheep, I didn't think it really smelled like them okay. at all, but it's got its own it definitely has its own deal. And then when I got home, we, we uh, made some backstrap and it was like, it was so good. And then when we were cutting and wrapping everything, um, Leah's like, you just like look at the meat and it looks tender. Like it all, you can see the, the grains and what, whatnot. Really? And yeah. Yeah. She, it's like that on all of it too. Cause you would think that an animal that lives in that kind of terrain, it would be, pretty grisly you know you think you think so yeah yeah it was it was unreal like we related it pretty close to whitetail it doesn't taste like completely like whitetail but it's tender like that that's awesome 
that's awesome. And, and it's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> so everything worked out coming back. Everything was good as far as I know with travel right now, as far as that goes, everything was decent that way. Yeah, everything was good. I looked at the COVID restrictions and whatnot before I went, um, because when we went to Kodiak last year, we had to have negative tests before we got in. Right. Um, yeah, but they lifted that and it really wasn't too long ago that they did that, but they lifted that. So you didn't have to, there wasn't any of that. It was just pretty standard, um, standard airline travel really didn't have, Good. didn't have any issues. Good. So it was, it was pretty smooth. Awesome. Awesome. And your Ram was what old, wasn't it? Wasn't it pretty old? Yeah. So we, the guide was like, he's nine for sure. Like, you know, probably 10, some people would age him at 10. I've got a buddy that lives in Fairbanks and um, I've got some good side profile pictures of him, or whatever. And he was, he was aging him and he's like, I think he's 10 for sure. So Record book, you hold the right world record. What are, what are we doing? Oh there? boy. I don't know. We didn't, uh, we didn't measure him. Yeah, we, that's awesome. yeah, we were honestly like, I mean, I don't even, I don't even care, but like, we were so close to like, we got to the airstrip at 3 a.m. They came and picked us up at 8 a.m. And then our charter flew out at 3 p.m. So it was like not much time to really do anything, but like just repack all your stuff for airline travel when you got to the lodge and get all your paperwork squared away and then fly oh. home. That's pretty much what it was. Oh, I bet you were exhausted too. Yeah, I'm still like on a, my feet, I've been in some, I've done some hunts and like done some pack outs. My sure. feet have never hurt so bad. Really? After, it, yeah, they're really dry. Like, And it's just the uneven, just, just back and forth rolling on each side, right? Yeah, I think so. And then some of it for me, like I'm not, I don't know, I'm one, I think I'm 165 when I went on that hunt. And I, uh, so when we were packing out, I, you know, I had camp and then I had the horns and the cape oh. on with me. So I stood up, man. And I was like, this is like, this is heavy. Like, this is like one of the heavier ones. I was like, I've got to have like, I probably have 80 pounds on. Yeah. And so we, we go yeah. walk and like they're there towards the end, like getting to the strip. Um, we, there's this big hill we had to climb. And, you know, we'd like walk for 30 minutes, just like trudge along and then stop, take a break. And the last time I got up, I was like, you guys, if we stop again, I don't know. Like, you're going to have to help me stand up. <laughs> and they're like, okay. So we got to the strip and, you know, they flew us out, whatever. Well, then when like Daniel and everybody came back, they were, they had all their packs packed, like they had had them. And, uh, I, they were weighing, everybody's weighing them. My camera guy's like, you better weigh your pack. Like I'm, I'm more interested than anything. Like I would really like to see what it weighs. So we like put it out there and we put the K back on it and the horns back on it. It was one Oh two. No kidding. Yeah. Like no shit. Like one Oh two. We weighed it. Like, do you know how hard I that couldn't believe actually that. is? That's it's impressive. That's Dude, impressive. When we were going out, I was like, this is the worst thing <laughs> I think I've ever, I have ever done. Oh it's great. man, but now it feels so good, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it feels great. Yeah, yeah, that is. Just, it's always sucky when it's going on, but it's like I know it's just going to be forever. Small yeah. period of time. Yeah, small period of time. So yeah, man, it was 
it was awesome. It was one for the books, you know, it was miserable most of the time just because of the weather, but like, you know, the positive attitudes of everybody that was with us that made so the much, difference. It? Yeah. It was like one of the, fu- it was probably the funnest hunt I've ever been on, but the most miserable at the same time. Yeah. It's funny those, how those go together. Yeah. I think those do go together quite a bit too. Like how was it um, packing for this hunt? So I know weight restrictions are an issue. I know all that kind of stuff is definitely, you know, taken into, taken into factor. What was it like different? Obviously you've done a bunch of sheep hunts in the past, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if people really understand, like, as far as getting down to the ounces for the plane and then what was your pack weighing going into the the hunt like from base camp on so from base camp on we were figuring i didn't weigh it before i left i was like i don't even think i want to know but i was right in that 55 (laughs) pound mark okay um so that's pretty much like where people want you to be and i i brought a couple extra things there was like the guides and stuff they're like and eh, we just dip our nalgene bottles out of the stream or like wherever wow. we can and we don't treat it um but i was like eh, i don't know yeah so that's a, i brought that's a, a big no-no isn't it yeah i mean kind of depends they're like i don't know they do it every year so it's kind of just trusting them like if you know where to get water and you haven't got yeah. sick like here's to hoping and there was a few times especially there towards the end where you'd go past one and you just like fill your bottle up instead of taking the time to stop so here's to hoping for me but you brought um, a filter i did i brought a little msr trail shot filter okay just a really lightweight one looking back on it i would do like a squeeze like a Sawyer squeeze or something like that that's what we we run those sawyers and they seem to be awesome they're pretty cool yeah i think i would i would do that for sure and then uh gosh what else was Um, was there something that you took that you were like why did i bring this or were you like on day whatever it was nine were you out of food were you still like i mean because you got to bring extra right i mean hopefully you kill something where you could eat some of that but if the plane can't show up for three days what do you do so here's something with the the food situation that was kind of interesting so like uh, I had been on a previous hunt, like in the Yukon quite a few years ago, and they gave us like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a cliff bar and a Snickers bar for the day. And that's just not enough for me. Like that'll make me hangry. <laughs> so I knew that going in and I was like, bring snacks. I told everybody that was going, I was like, bring snacks, like just if there's stuff you like, bring it, like bring enough for like one a day or whatever. So I had my snacks pretty much taken care of but we had a packer on this trip and he just like kicked ass and carried all the food and it was like it was like salami and cheese type oh my goodness yeah it was intense i'm sure his pack weighed a hell of a lot um and so that was his sole job is to bring food for you guys pretty much yeah like yeah he just has his like he's just supposed to help the guide like pack whatever and help us pack whatever um i didn't we me and the camera guy didn't give him any of our stuff but uh but he had the food um so wow yeah that's impressive he he really kicked ass there so we were good we were good on the food side of things um there wasn't honestly there my pack was pretty dialed like there wasn't anything that i brought that was super extra i brought that 
Um, I brought that filter and then I brought a Kafaru sheep tarp, just like a mm, nine yeah. by 10 flat tarp. And that thing saved our ass a couple of times for glassing and just getting under in a community kind of style. Yeah. Getting out of the weather, you know, it let us sit on this. We, um, one morning we, it was really nice outside and it wasn't supposed to be, but it was, so we're like, gotta, like, gotta move while we can. So we packed up camp and headed up to the top of the the ridge. And as soon as we got up there, it socked in and started snowing and we're like, well, do we go back down or do we just hang out and wait for it to break? So we pitched that tarp and made a whole bunch of coffee and just hung out, but that <laughs> it made it a lot better. How Okay. I know we're sponsored by a lot of the same people, which is really cool uh, between our brands, like first light yeah. uh, SIG um, Onyx. That's the it, Onyx is obviously the sponsor of our of our podcast as well. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty cool that a lot of them align for us as far as that goes. What, as far as layering system, how did you, how did you do that as far as what do you bring? Cause you got to prepare for what was the warmest temperatures that you guys had? Oh, we probably saw 60. Okay. Okay. And then it down to mm, mid twenties, 30. Yeah. I bet there was one night there. It was really cold. Um, but yeah, probably mid twenties. They, in their packet that they sell, it's like 30 to 60 is what they say. Okay. So you're, so you're just base layering up and then puffy from there on top. Yep. So what I did was I took the, um, the wick hoodie, which those wick layers, big fan of that. So I took one wick hoodie and then I took an Arrowwell, uh, Arrowwell tech t-shirt and just kind of swapped in and out of those as we were hiking or not. Um, it was just nice having two base layers. And then I took that ridgeline pullover, that wind, it's basically like a windbreaker. Yep. Um, super light pullover. I really liked that. There was a lot of people who told me I shouldn't take it and I was nuts, but I really like that, especially for hiking when it was cold and it was like windy on top. It was really nice to have that and not get your, your, um, like mid layer all sweated up that mm-hmm. fleece layer. So then I rolled a fleece on the other side of that. And then I took the Brooks vest and that was money for me. Like I'm just a vest person anyways, but, um, that was perfect for those, those, um, those ridges. So I took that Uncompadre puffy, uh, jacket and pants. I took the pants as well. And, um, that was, that paid off. Big yes. Time. I can imagine. Those Way were so nice time. to just slip into. Yep. Yeah. And then I took uh, some first light rain gear over the top of that. Nice. Nice. And the storm tight stuff. The seek. Yep. Seek. Yeah. 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 What elevation was like where you guys were? So those, those peaks, some of those we were at were getting up in 6,000. Okay. Wow. But for All the right. most part, we were, I would say like we were in that four to six range okay okay so yeah so it's it's still and and you said and you said the sheep they hang out there all year long yeah they they're yeah there's nowhere to go there's like no you know you get down like by the river and whatever and there's just like it's all brushed in and just they can't see so yeah they're just i mean i'm sure that they'll you know come down from the very tippy tops but right um for the most yeah they they stay there like that would be miserable 
Oh, and they dig out their food, I'm assuming, kind of in the wintertime yeah. from the snow. Yeah, that's that's what I understand. And I hear the the caribou go up there too. Dude, there was there's caribou sheds like way up in the rocks, all over the place. Really? Yeah. And those are cool. Like, what the heck are they doing up here type of deal? And they're like, Well, I mean, the when the snow comes, the tops are windswept, and that's the only oh. place they can get food, so they come up. Because it blows the it drifts the snow over the top, then yeah. Wow, that's got to be a harsh, harsh environment. Oh boy, yeah. And there, I mean, there's. It's not like there's an abundance of grass. It's like you got to pick for it when it's nice outside. When it's nice, that's yeah. Oh man, was there tons of every single, every single draw had water coming down it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then there was like there was seeps and tiny little springs that would come out just randomly from the side of a mountain that you would, uh, or like in a saddle, um, that you would find. And the guides just like, if it's cold, that means it's like flowing, but if it's warm, it's just stagnant and you don't want to drink that. But if it's cold, it's like, (laughs) it's flowing kind of, I don't want to say filtering itself, but like it's flowing and moving. It's not just stagnant. I've had Giardia before and it's like, I think I'll take a filter probably <laughs> for the rest of my life. That's <laughs> not real worth it yeah, oh, yeah. for those hopefully, few ounces. Hopefully I come through on the other side. Uh, you would have known by now. <laughs> <You> <laughs> believe me, you'd have known by now. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Oh, well, cool. I don't want to get too far into the hunt, but I, I just, I was just curious about the Alaska side of thing. I think that's intriguing for a lot of people to, 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 to talk about and just like, cause it's a, if you haven't dreamt of it, I, you, you will at some point, right? Man, I think so. It's definitely, it's a destination for a lot of people. And you know, even if you just want to get up there, I've done a couple of podcasts in the past that we're just talking about, there's some DIY opportunity um, in Alaska, not for sheep, but for caribou. And I think for moose, you can still do it. Um, you can still you do, can. A, do it yourself. Yeah. And that it's was... not that far out of reach for most people, you know, to save up and be able to go on something like that. I mean, you're looking at four or 5,000 bucks. Yeah. No, if you could, you could budget plan for something like that. Um, that's what I was going to ask you, like without the guide and everything, cause it, it is required. You have to like grizzly sheep, all those things. You have to have a guide, correct? Yes. Yep. Could you, could you have like, how, how instrumental was the guide in the whole thing? Oh, dude, giant. Huge. Um, yeah. Huge. Like, you know, especially when you talk about like the landing, the airstrip, if you want to even call it that it was the top of a ridge. Like there's no, there's just some really experienced guys with like super cruisers or super cubs that, that puts you on that ridge, but that saved us. Oh man. Like probably four miles at least. Oh, from, from, I got you from the bottom. I got you. I got a bushwhacking from the bottom. So just, you know, that in itself, like being able to put us in a good position where like we didn't kill ourselves in the first, you know, just even before the hunt even started was kind of (laughs) nice. And then, you know, the sheep, like it had, they have to be full curl. So, 
and there's a lot how of hard was that close yeah there was a there was a couple of them that were like we're looking at him from a long ways away and the guy's like i think he's there but it's close and so it's a no <laughs> like if you think he's that close like if you're not full curl or they don't make eight years old you're they're gonna don't take ex- it from you don't expend the energy to do to even no. try it. I no, gotcha. exactly I gotcha. it's got to be like pretty much a no-brainer and you know we're talking we're looking at these sheep at two three miles most of the time wow that's optics. a oh optics are huge yeah so you're carrying a spot and scope with you at all times i i did yeah so um the guide carried like a soro 65 you know pretty standard for a sheep hunt i carried the 80 millimeter oscar 8 yep. that sig has and um and both worked like you know extremely well i was really, really happy with that 80 millimeter and i'm really happy i brought a spotting scope like some people were telling me you know no just save the weight care you know just use the guide spot and scope but there's a lot of times i mean you're sitting there he's got to hog it sometimes i mean there was he looked for hours at some of those sheep to like try to get the right angle on him or try to get him to turn right to see if he could see more that's crazy yeah so was it easy huge probably after the snow probably not but was it pretty easy spotting them even at long distances dude it was hard Oh, it was, it was hard. so hard. Okay. Yeah, okay. I did not. I did not expect that. You know, like they're white sheep, especially if they're bedded. So hard to see because there's a lot of like there's a lot of quartz up there, rock, and it's all white. And it's it was really hard to see a sheep. Like, and then there'd be times, you know, if there was like three or four of them and they're you know a little bit spread out over a mountain, it's like yeah, you see them with your naked eye, but optics was big it wasn't like yeah they're white you know we're just going to be able to look up and just see them um it was yeah they were hard to find and a lot of it i mean you're just looking again just so far away just yeah then you got to try to traverse to get to them yeah yep that was the the next deal that was the next deal (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it i love it no i i yeah I can't wait till you get into the whole story of your ram and, and shooting it and everything. I don't want to, I don't want to give it all away, but it's uh man, it's awesome. I would, I can't wait to listen to that podcast, man. No, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll, I took a little bit of a journal day to day just to keep things, you know, fresh. And um, so I, yeah, I'm going to go through day to day and the packing process and exactly what I took and all that. And then I'm going to, get my camera guy on and you know talk about it from his perspective and that's a good idea yeah i think all that's going to be you know if and really you know the reason we're doing these podcasts is like to help people like i want to you know help people even if it's you know down to the things like packing or whether you should take your own food or something like that like talk about that stuff it's all questions that come up and they seem dumb but they're not so when is no i i 100 wholeheartedly it's 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 that people you know that knowledge that people that may be breaking down just a small barrier for someone to be like i don't know and then but yeah i listen to the podcast and i, I think i can do this now you know something of that nature but what um when it, so you had a videographer can when is that going to be released you know i don't even know i'm but i'm thinking it's going to be like an early 2022 
type of situation. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pushing for January. Um, I'll keep prodding, but not what sure. What platform is that going to be on? So it's going to be both through First Light and Six Hour, um, probably awesome. through like YouTube and then just their social media channels. But yeah, Sweet. this is kind of a, the the media side of it was a joint effort between those those two companies. So it's that's uh, awesome. That's yeah. so cool. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. I can't wait to watch it. It'll be so, uh, yeah, it'll be cool. I can't believe hunting season's already underway. Man, yeah, it's it's underway, and uh, September 1st isn't even here yet. Seems crazy. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. It's going to be soon enough. I got uh, four days left to tell the family goodbye and go out and chase elk for a long period of time. Yeah, now and chasing elk. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 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 Are so, you guys packed for like the whole thing? Do you go out and buy like all your food and do all that stuff and then just resupply as you need? Yeah. So I don't, I think we can get away without it this year. I'll just live out of totes for the next month and a half, two months. So I will actually just like, I go a big Costco run and get all my day bags. I'm, I can eat the same thing for every single day for as long as I have to. I'm pretty, pretty decent at that. So yeah, but, and just go kind of make your day bags up and then fill a tote full of day bags. So every single day for how many days you'll be out, you just throw the bags in the pack and, and, and run with it from there. And I just usually do a mountain house in the evening, you know, just one, uh, uh, hot food in the, at night, you know, after it gets dark and you're tired and everything, it just, I don't know, it kind of makes it better. I'm not, I'm not the hardcore just eat bars kind of guy. It just doesn't work for me. So yeah, I got to have some substance. <laughs> yeah, so, some bagels. And- <clears throat> yeah. Cody does a bunch of those bagels and the honey and bacon and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't do too much of that. I kind of just stick to a good mountain house and, and, and go with that. And then my day bags are, you know, jerky and stuff like that, you know, for that kind of side of things. So, but, awesome. but yeah, I'll live out of the back of the truck um, for, yeah, I can, I can do it for over a month. So. Heck yeah. Just randomly. How do you have your, uh, how do you have your pickup set up? for this stuff do you have it set up to help you so yeah i just i just actually it's crazy you say that i just got not too awful long ago a deck system yeah in the back of my truck and i i have a four-door dodge is what i have um and and the deck system i wasn't sure if i would like it or not so i i thought uh, i'll i'll definitely try it so but I like it for the fact that it just keeps everything dry. So I keep all my guns, all I have one side of the deck system. There's two big long drawers that pull out is what it is. And, and one of them is full of guns and optics and ammo. And the other side's just my daily stuff. I can live off of hardly anything. As long as I have some clean socks and underwear, I can wear the same stuff pretty much for a long time. <laughs> pretty i'm pretty much a dirt bag when it comes to that kind of stuff so i can i can pack all my stuff for a month pretty much in there every once in a while you know soaking it in the creek and and kind of wringing it out but other than that i can pack everything in there and all that and that also has you know tie down straps for stuff and and so i can keep that away and so my tailgate also locks too so all that is i can just pull up to a spot and i don't have to worry about it so that side of it's nice. And then 
then it's just totes, you know, the Costco totes, the black and yellow totes from there on. It's what we use pretty much. And then we spray paint our names or our, or our color on them. So we each know what our color nice. is. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty rudimentary, but it, it works. So yeah. And that's, that's kind of what we live out of for, yeah, for weeks on end. That's so. perfect. Do you guys have a topper also? No, Cody's got the, he's an overlander. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just, just not into it. I'm not into it, but him and Troy and some of the guys, they, oh, they, they have overlanding machines or whatever they call them. Anyway, they're, they're pop-up canopy things and, and uh, they're pretty cool, but they sleep in those if we're by the truck every night. And I just do a canvas cutter. That's what I've done for the last probably four years is just, I have a sleeping bag and a canvas cutter and I've spent a, hundreds of nights in that in that same setup and it's it works awesome it, I, I love it that's perfect yeah i've got i've got the same thing so i've got a decked also then i oh, you do yeah i do and then i bought like a 500 hundred dollar topper that's not even built for my vehicle off of facebook nice. marketplace naturally you know <laughs> saving them pennies oh yeah and, uh, yeah it has one thing i will say like it's really nice about it is it has the side windows that flip up. Yes. So yes. you can get to the stuff in the front really easy instead of always having to cl- just climb in the back. And then usually I do pretty much the same as you. I just like stuff whatever I can in the drawers and try to keep it as organized as I can. And then um, I'll just keep like a sleeping pad and an old sleeping bag in the back. Mm-hmm. And if I need to stop, like, especially going from one film gig to the next or on my way home or whatever. If I need to stop at night and sleep for a few hours, I can just like pull over and hop in the back or. That's kind of nice. And it's pretty safe. It's a lot safer that way too. I think, you know, with your stuff and with you, you know, in in the back or whatnot overnight, we'll do the under the truck. My, I don't have a lifted truck at all, but um, it's pretty actually tall enough to where I can crawl, put my canvas cutter underneath it if it starts to rain really hard. And so I'll just sleep underneath the pickup uh, nice. a lot of times to do that. Yeah, it works out pretty good. But um, yeah, no, those are that is nice for just like the convenience of it and you're dry and everything's, you know, I'm usually half soaking wet and drying something out every time a smither of sun comes out, you know, trying <laughs> yeah. to yeah, and that's usually me. So, but it it still works. It's just, you know, how luxurious do you want it, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but everybody can just find you at uh just a born and raised on the insta and then on YouTube, yeah. Yep. Born and raised. And, uh, yeah. And then yeah. Online store website, all, all the stuff, all the stuff, just all if you it. have a device, just type in born and raised outdoors and you could probably, probably somehow get to us. Perfect. Well, man, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll have to catch up after the season's over and recap, yeah, definitely. recap definitely. all these things. Yeah. And, and dive into some gear stuff, what we liked and what we didn't this year. And, and um yeah that would be awesome i'm trying some new things this year that'll be actually a cool idea um i actually got i i usually use an inreach and now i'm doing this somewhere have you seen that no yeah i have a it's called a somewhere um yeah i don't know they sent it to me and said would you please try this out cody used it on the antelope hunt last week said it was awesome everything and it's cheaper than the inreach and um 
yeah, I, I don't know. So I'm going to try it out. And so I'll have a good review on it after the year's over with. So yeah, it would be cool to go through some of our gear that was new or something like that and see what, what we liked and what we didn't. That, yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah. We've, uh, we've messed around with the Zolio a little bit outside of inReach, but it just, uh, we had a few issues with it and then you can't, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, I don't know what that somewhere is, but the, you can't message off of it if your phone goes down, which that's, oh. that's the only bad thing. I got gotcha. you. This one you can't either. It's just a, it's just a block here, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's uh, we'll talk about it. I'd really appreciate it though. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been awesome.